0: And give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, and his favor is for a lifetime. Now, sorrow may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Now, in my prosperity, I said, I shall never be moved. And Lord, by your favor, you have made my mountain stand strong. But when you hid your face, I was troubled, and I cried out to you, O oh, Lord, and to the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my blood if I were to go down to the pit? Would the dust praise you? Would it declare your truth? Hear, O oh Lord, and have mercy on me, and be my helper. And you have turned to me, for me, and my, you have turned my mourning into dancing, and you have put off my sackcloth sack and clothed me in gladness. To the end, that my glory may sing praise to you, and be not silent. O oh Lord my God, I will give my thanks to you forever. Now there is a song we sing based on portions of this verse. And you may remember, its chorus goes, I'm trading my sorrow and I'm trading my shame. I'm trading my sickness and I'm trading my, sh- my pain. I'm laying it all down for the joy of the Lord. A pretty good trade on our end, I think. Um, one that we shouldn't have to think too long about. Uh, You'll be looking a long time if you search for a, a better deal than that, laying down sorrows for joy. I spoke briefly last week now, asking, what do we give to this infinite God? And then I came across this song, and I remembered that song about laying down your sorrows for joy. And I begin to see that when we talk about sacrifice and about bringing our whole selves to this altar about living as followers of a living Christ and not just knowers of some doctrine. Um, It doesn't have to be this tooth and nail, this gut-wrenching thing. Um, As humans, and especially as Americans, we get pretty wary when people start to suggest um, that we should give something up. It sounds an awful lot like relinquishing freedom, which we're really not about here. But we need to remember that what we are giving up is is like dirty rags, like worthless sackcloth, David is saying here. We're giving up fear and giving up disease and loss and jealousy, hate, distraction, lust, and loneliness. That he well knows the things that were done to you, the injustices, the curses, the names you were called, those times you failed and the times you were ignored and forgotten. When nobody bothered to know your name, I assure you, he does right now. He'll take it. He'll take it all. He'll take you. And what is gained in return not only outweighs that loss, but reveals how those rags were never ours to really bear in the first place. That in Jesus there is no loss, because in the end there is only him, only gain. That joy, the dancing, and the glory that comes with his dawn the new man that he creates in each of us is everlasting, and it can only grow stronger with time and through circumstance. Now in that light, how can we, our churches, be anything but attractive, I think? If we are the sun, the rising sun to this world of night, um, let's let them see the beauty and the peace, the strength that is found when we allow the great clothier air to dress us as we were meant to be dressed in robes of righteousness and glory. So, Father, just as the song says, we say, Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, to your plans, your designs for us this week and this month and this year. We pray that as we go into festivities, (laughs) celebrating the Super Bowl together, that we would gather together and remember who you are, that throughout America you would be celebrated, even on the screen that you would be preached and praised so in your name Jesus amen
1: thank you Peter not very good Joyce is going to come up with me today and um just before we start there um things we had a funeral service here yesterday for Alan Bolden yeah, some of you may remember Emma Bolden uh, from some time ago uh, he was he's her son and um, just to mention that and then we will be having a fellowship meal after the service Kelly and Jennifer Clough and their family prepared it I saw Scott and Carla also were involved there, so looking forward to that. And there is a TrueBridge conference coming up at the end of this month. The brochures for that are in the back on the welcome table. Uh, And we're just encouraging you, as far as announcements are concerned, we're spending less time going over them in this service because we're sending out emails to whoever wants to be on that email list and it's also on our church's Facebook page, those announcements. If you don't have access to any, either of those, we do make hard copies for for you. So just probably let Darlene know about that. If you want a hard copy, she's the one that has those to, to pass out. And then um, I don't think we're gonna talk a lot about the Super Bowl today. We probably would have talked quite a bit if another team had been in there today, which we felt should be. (laughs) Yeah, I know not everybody here is a Vikings fan, but uh, I do know that we have a couple from our church family that are helping with the chapel service for the Patriots today. That's Doug and Abby. And uh, so we just lift them up. I don't know what time that, do you know what time it was? 10 o'clock. So thank you, Lord, for your blessing through them onto the team there. And uh, I'm not saying I'm rooting for the Patriots. I'm not sure who I am, actually, to be honest. But uh, spiritually, we are for all of them, you know, that some spiritual impacts can come. So Joyce is here today and with me to share. And we're just going to share some things over the last Really, since probably started in July uh, with Joyce's mom, and we'll just let you take over there for now.
2: Steve just asked if I would share, and it's personal to me because it's from my journal. I have one journal here from when um, my father grew weaker and passed away seven years ago, and then just last week I finished the journal of the things with my mom. It's something that I make copies of and I give it to our children as a keepsake. Yesterday was very real to me because there was the casket setting in front. And one month ago, it was my mother's casket. And I'd been asked to play piano, and before we did the first song, Steve began to read Psalm 23 And the last time he had read that was minutes before my mom transitioned to heaven. So I had the Holy Spirit's help yesterday. I'm very thankful for who he is. And we thank you, Lord, even as I shared today, that it'll be what you want. A lot of different things that could be shared. But I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you want to reach, touch Teach, reveal yourself to each one of us here in a new and special way in Jesus' name. So we trust you, Father, with um what we're gonna be sharing in Jesus' name. Uh so yeah, I Steve asked if I would share a little of about dad first and um it was seven years ago that we went through this with my father. It just getting weaker, and because we were, we, we've always lived 325 miles away from them. They live in southwest Minnesota, and so it was different than um, my younger sisters who lived either right next door or within our drive. So we just really always needed to know when to go, you know, that type of thing. But when, you, when someone is not doing well with their health, there's an extra pressure on you, like, what do I do? How do I do it? When do I do it? That type of thing. And so John 16, verse 33 says, here on earth you're going to have um, trials, sorrows, and uh, one version says tribulations, but cheer up, for I've overcome the world. I love what the Living Bible says. I've told you all this so you can have peace of heart and mind. And what I want to share with you right now is you may not be facing this yourself where there's someone that's near and dear to you and is drawing closer to their transition time. But I'm sure that you've experienced this pressing Pressing, squeezing, pressure, anxiety concerning something or someone. A lot of us have ordinary days. We go through our routines and then just all of a sudden there's that pressure and anxiety of tribulation. We didn't ask for it. We don't want it, but it's there. And so um, here the word says, remember, I've overcome the world, and I've come to give you peace of heart and mind. So what we had with um, my dad, we had planned to go on a ministry trip. We had our tickets for Jamaica to Pastor Philemon and August Samuel's church there. And um, as it got closer, it started with me, I just, I did not have peace about it. I didn't have peace about it. I shared it with Steve, and he didn't have peace that I didn't have peace. <laughs> he didn't see it like I saw it right away. But as we kept praying about it, we prayed in the spirit about it too, it was just like uh-uh, the peace was not with continuing with our plans. The peace was to um, make arrangements instead to go to visit my father. And uh, we did that. We shared it with our kids that we were going yeah, to do jump, that. Jump in,
1: real quick. Yeah. And, um, it is extremely important as husband and wife that when there isn't that agreement in your spirits, that you pray about together until there is.
2: Yes. Yeah, that's it. So we shared it with our children that we had changed our plans. And within just a short amount of time, we got phone calls from each one of them, Andy and Jennifer, John and Jen and Andrew and Sarah, that they felt in their heart they were supposed to go with us to see my dad at that same time. So we had a caravan of vehicles on the way to Leota. And um, we were ways down the road, and I got a phone call from my sister Sharon saying tomorrow at 9.30 in the morning, We will need to make a decision about Dad's care because a bed had opened up at a care center. Uh, That was one indication. We were going there at the right time. That night we got to um, Edgerton. Normally we would stay in my mom and dad's wonderful home, but because of his increased health care, it just wasn't appropriate. So we stayed in a little, it's called the Dutch Inn in Edgerton, And it used to be uh, the old doctor's office. And people bought it, and they turned it into this little hotel. Let me tell you, it's not the best place to stay when you have memories of getting your vaccinations there when you were in school. (laughs) We opened the front door, and you just pictured yourself in that line going past the nurse. But anyway, it had lots of rooms for lots of bedrooms. We had Mom Pomp along with us on that particular trip. So that night, one of the first things I did once we were getting luggage in, I took a long walk down the streets. That's the town where I grew up in. And I just talked to the Lord about, what was going to transpire the next morning. I prayed in the Spirit about it. My heart was stirred. My mind was totally active. And I just kept praying that way until peace came. And I asked the Lord, just please give me a confirmation what way we're supposed to go with Dad. When I got back to the Dutch Inn, um, Joy, at that time she was four years old, our granddaughter, Andrew and Sarah's oldest daughter, came into our little bedroom and she had an open Gideon Bible. She said, Grandma, here, Grandma, this is for you. I looked at the pages, and it was like there were just words that were highlighted. It was my confirmation that the next day it was the Lord's way of peace that we um, helped bring my father to that care center. Romans 8, 26 says, The Spirit also helps our weaknesses, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. And that was so true to me during that time, but I know it's true for all of us. It may be a little thing, it may be a big thing, it may be a stressful thing, but we're always encountering things day to day, things we just really don't know how to pray. For it. And that's when the Holy Spirit says, I want to help you to pray. That's what Romans 8 26 is all about. I have a few of my uh, sparkling gems notes from Rick Renner. He studies these scriptures in the Greek. He says, um, When you don't know what to pray for as you ought, what this means is we're not left to try to figure it all out on our own. Praise God! I don't like that my own stuff. I don't do real well with that. Some of you might have brilliant minds or whatever, but I'm, I like the stuff where we don't have to figure it out on our own. He shares the Greek word for helps, helps us, lets us know that the Holy Spirit comes to partner with us, cooperate with us, and join efforts with us in moments when we feel weak and helpless and don't know how to pray. This prayer is from your spirit and it comes forth from your mouth as the Holy Spirit rises up within you to lift you up and rescue you. This is the responsibility of the Holy Spirit as your partner in prayer. I love that. Um, In the midst of our weaknesses, when we are inadequate to get the job done, the Holy Spirit says, let me grab hold of that hindrance or that pressure or that stress with you, with you and you and I together will push against it until it's moved completely out of your way. This is how prayer becomes a twofold partnership between you and the Holy Spirit. He does this thing with you. In fact, he can't do it without you. And I just, as I was reading that, boy, let's get smart. Let's... Let him pray with us. I need that partner. So anyway, the next morning we went, my four sisters, us four daughters, were with mom and dad in their beautiful home there by Leota, and the first words dad says to us around their dining room table, he says, it's time for me to go to the care center. So we activated things and um, started to get that process going. That afternoon, he was still, it was his last afternoon, or one of the last ones in his home. Andy and, and John and Sarah, all their children, played outdoors. He sat in his chair, and he watched through the door, watching them play outside, ball and racing and... It was the. It was just an awesome thing that night. Um, uh, it just worked out. My sisters and I and their husbands. We just went to the Pizza Ranch together with Dad and Mom, and again our children were with us, and we just made memories. And I remember my youngest sister Beth. She said, "This is just perfect." See, it hadn't been planned. It was just like. The last minute, instead of being on the flight to Jamaica, we had this caravan of cars to Leota. And um, something happened the next day. We went along to bring Dad to his doctor's appointment. He needed to have that before um, he could enter the care center. And when we were done, we just had made the decision to go a little bit further to Laverne, And and visit his older brother Bill, who was in another care center. When we got there, Dad was holding Uncle Bill's hand as Steve shared Psalm 23, and we prayed together. And before we left there, my cousin Judy, Uncle Bill's daughter, she says, Joyce, this is just perfect timing. Eighteen hours later, Uncle Bill transitioned to heaven. 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, We do not lose heart even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. And I just wrote down here, this was the scripture that Steve would share with us, Um, as we were getting dad ready to go in the car, to go to the care center. It's like perfect peace and confidence that this is what the Lord wants equals deep peace. And I tell you, that's what the Holy Spirit wants us to search for in our decisions, in our living. Not just that deep peace. When circumstances are shouting something else, sometimes even common sense is shouting something else. He's just saying, I can give you that deep peace. Um, There were a few other times when we would go to visit Dad. One of them was when Sarah and I went by ourselves. We just had it in our heart. We were to visit him at the care center. That particular day, we were able to, I think was the last time he maybe got into our van, and we were just going to go for a ride in the country. Uh, as we were driving, this is what, we had a God thing happen. It was literally a God thing. And I'm going to read to you what Sarah wrote. She's entitled it, My Last Time with Grandpa, but here on earth. The sky was like nothing I've ever seen before. The sun shone down before layers of clouds. The depth was amazing. It looked as if it stretched on forever. The sun's rays shining down looked like drapes ready to be pulled open. We saw that literally there were these massive drapes hanging in the sky. They were drapes. That's what it looked like, stretching wide across the horizon. Below the fields and farms in the distance seemed to be glowing, and they were covered in a light haze. The entire scene was so grand, so heavenly, it took my breath away. I could imagine God saying, Okay, Grandpa, Bud, heaven's ready for you. Whenever you are ready, we'll open up these curtains and welcome you home. Those curtains opened November 12, 2010, for my father. Incidentally, she writes, Grandma witnessed that same panoramic scene as she was outside on her lawn. We're thankful, Father, for that in Jesus' name. And then a week later, Steve and I were there. We pushed Dad into a a quiet room, a private room. Together, once again, Steve shared scriptures. 2 Corinthians 5, 8, We are confident, yes, well-pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. We thank my dad for being such a wonderful father to us and grandfather to our children but we released him to go to be with the Lord in heaven when he was ready to go. We told him there's no fear in death when you know the Lord. And um, so thankful for that. So very thankful that um, when you know one of your loved ones knows the Lord like that. And what I want to share with you Start getting open and bold about it. If you have someone in your family that's getting older or weaker or whatever, don't wait, We we have heaven books outside on the counter there. Don't wait till the funeral where we give a book to the family. We did that with ours. Read them now. Be encouraged now about heaven and start sharing it openly with those that you love. It will help. So we began this whole scenario last summer again with mom. First of all, in March, uh, we had a pizza ranch birthday party for her. She had wanted everybody there, all her relatives, for her 85th birthday. She was in great health, um, enjoyed the night. There was, ever, there was even a little keyboard there. She was on the keyboard. I have that on my iPad, playing songs. Um, my mom had been an organist for almost 50 years in their church, so she loved playing piano and organ. The summer before, mom had put fresh stain on her entire house and garage, except the peak My sister, Sharon, wouldn't let her go that high up. She was still crawling under her evergreen trees to get the last pine cone. We have boxes and boxes and boxes of pine cones. And so anyway, we enjoyed that time. In June, Steve was asked to officiate um, a niece's wedding, her granddaughter in Sioux Falls. We went there, outdoor wedding, and for the first time ever, We saw her using a cane, and she had to hold on to someone's arm, walking very slowly. The next month, Sarah and Andrew asked us to go on a vacation with them to the Black Hills. On the way back, we stayed in a a motel in Sioux Falls. And then that Sunday, we were going to go visit mom again. When we woke up that morning, my sister Sharon and her husband happened to be in the motel they didn't know we were there. It was for her birthday. We shared together in the um, foyer of that motel, and they, my sister opened up. She says, something's different with Mom. Something. So I was able, the Lord had already given me scriptures. I didn't know they were for them, but I shared them with them. We prayed together. From there, we went to visit Mom, and she was in doing well. She wasn't even using her cane that day. Very bright and um, enjoyed that. When we left, though, as we were coming back, I, we were pulling out of her driveway, and it was just this awareness. There's something happening with Mom, and we're driving away from her. Anyway, I was just privately just asking the Lord, what's my part? I'm not. I don't live close like my sister's. Very clearly, he said, Joyce, your part is to pray in tongues for your mother, your sisters, and everything that relates to them. And I began to do that. When I would start to feel pressure, you're not calling her enough, you should go down and see her again, I would, that's one of the first things, I'd start praying in tongues about it. Um... He also reminded me that even as I had had intercession for my dad that night in Edgerton, and I'd forgotten this, but a year and a half before, it was on January 1, 2016, we were staying in my mom's uh, guest bedroom in her basement. And it was the night before my uncle's funeral, we had come for an aunt's funeral and an unknowing another uncle it was within a few days of that but that night i experienced intercession for my mom and at that time she was in good health but it was as if the funeral that the next day was my mom's it was different but i just again i just start praying in the spirit when i do there was tears he didn't know about it but it was like i was experiencing the grief the sorrow of us planning her funeral, going to her funeral. And I've learned over the years, I pray that through until deep peace comes. And it did come. The scripture he clearly uh, showed me was Isaiah 26.3. Joyce, I'm going to keep you in perfect peace because your mind's going to be stayed on me and because you're trusting in me. And again, Romans 8, 26, just praying. When I didn't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit teaming up with me. Um, Speaking in tongues, praying in tongues, intercession in tongues, accomplishes things in the spirit realm that goes far beyond the natural realm. We are so privileged to have been given this opportunity to uh, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and his, the prayer language. A few weeks later, Mom shared with us that her doctor had discovered a brain tumor which was causing her to lose her mobility on the left side of her body. August 28, Mom called and asked Steve to officiate her funeral. And shared, she wanted to use Psalm 90, verse 1. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. September, we went to spend time with mom. Just felt, I think one of my sisters just said, "Um, can you come? Uh, We said, yes. We got there and um, mom shared with us four daughters that it was time for us to bring her to the care center. Steve led us through the word again, prayer, so thankful that all this time he was always with me. Um, I experienced again the Holy Spirit as my coach, John fourteen twenty seven, coach, personal helper, Comforter, intercessor, standby, strengthener. And um, again, I would do that. I would pray with my understanding, but also in the spirit, in tongues. Um, He gives us peace, and he says, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. Um, A week later, we traveled back to see Mom, this time with Andy and Jennifer and the children, John and Jen and their girls and made special memories with mom in the care center. The first night, uh, the kids went to watch a twins game with mom in her very tiny little space, and we stayed at mom's house with the kids. From there, we traveled to Colorado Springs to an Andrew Womack pastor's conference. And on the way, I read these books on heaven to and from Heaven is for Real. That little boy who died went to heaven for a time. Richard Sigmund, My Time in Heaven. He was killed in a one-car accident. I believe he was dead for eight hours. He experienced heaven, and then Jesse DePlantis. And I would earmark, I would uh, highlight things, because my intention was, I I was going to share parts of them with Mom when we got back. And um, I did that. This is one part that I read to her from this book. Richard Sigmund says, God does not want to lose one bit of the talent and skill that people developed on earth. When that talent is brought to heaven, it is multiplied a million fold. Then he goes on to say, I saw and heard Johann Sebastian Bach, on a huge organ that had notes below and above what people normally hear on earth. And I heard all of it. As he played, the choirs of heaven joined in praise and worship. Everyone joined in the music. They sang with the deepest bass and highest soprano beyond the ranges of anyone on earth. It was music in the language of God. My mom liked that. <laughs> I know she's playing organ. She's in a part of the music there beyond what she could do here. We would always encourage mom with the word, with hymns, with prayers, in person or over the phone. We shared with her that she, she would become more and more aware of seeing things and hearing things in heaven. And so we were very open with her about heaven. She had assurance of salvation since she was very young, but we were very free to talk with her about that. And then I'm going to save one part here that Steve will use at the end when we're gonna share communion together, communion in a very special way. Uh, Early December, we um, uh, traveled to the care center and um, we had made a commitment to go to our nephew Isaac to to his Rwanda Africa missions support banquet in Sioux Falls. But that day, after visiting Mom, when we left Mom's room to leave for Sioux Falls, we discovered a major blizzard was happening. Very ironic, because the day before, when we got there, um, it was like at 4.30 in the afternoon, it was 51 degrees and sunny. This is like 24 hours later. We started down the road. It was, it was impossible. We turned around, and we just had the thought, let's go back to Mom at the care center. Um, Maybe she hasn't eaten supper yet. And, um, oh, you were going to share that. Anyway, we had a very special time with her. December 25, Mom shared what would be her last meal in the dining room with Dave and Sharon, my sister, and my sister Connie and Ron. I'd known for several weeks, because of praying in tongues, that December 28 had significance relating to Mom. So after our family celebration with Christmas, we began to pack. And um, I knew we were to pack clothes for one week and that we were to include our dress clothes for a funeral. When we got to Mom, we knew, uh, we, we just knew. We didn't know how long she was going to be with us, but we just knew. She was still um, with us very much, her mind very alert. But um, so the next few days we were with her, they would, um, we just spent as much time with her as we could. Uh, the Saturday before she passed away, She told my sister Sharon when Sharon got there before we did, she says, I'm going to stay awake. No, I'm going to stay alert to the very end. That's what she told us. Well, they were giving her morphine. That knocked you out. She was alert that entire day. She was interactive with any time her door would open, She'd look. She'd call you by name. The workers, when they the helpers, she would be thanking all of them. Someone came to visit her uh, from Leota to bring her the church bulletin, and she said, "Marlene, your hair looks so good, and that color blue. You look so good. You want to sit and talk a while?" And her voice was weak, but people still could hear what, and she was alert. Um, by the end of that day, um, about five, my sister Connie was able to come. She had been at work. And um, when, we walked, when they walked in the room, um, Connie's husband made some comment, it's dark in here, do you want more light and, or something? And Ron had said, I look better in the dark. And Mom, from laying on the bed, she says, I knew you were going to make a wise crack. (laughs) Ron was known that way. He just, he made us laugh. But then the men left and the two daughters on each side of her bed. This is the first time all four were there with her, really at the same time. And the first thing that she said to us was, I'm ready to go now. And we pressed closer, and I'm ready to go now. And then she um, affirmed her love for each one of us. She said, you are each so special to me. When she said that, there was something of the Holy Spirit, because we're different. We're four different. We're different from each other. But the way she said it, she affirmed us for who we are individually. And um, we affirmed our love for her, but then she said, I saw Dad. I see. I saw Dad. Um, Beth leaned closer. She said, you said you saw Dad? Yes. And then Beth said, well, did he say anything to you? And she started to smile. She said, he said... I love you dearly. And this great big smile (laughs) on mom's face. We knew God was making a bridge. Not just for mom, but for us. So thankful. So thankful. The next day, we were back again with Sharon. And it's before my other sisters were able to get there. The timing was was of God. Because, you know, we would go in one by one. We would take turns or whatever. But at one point, we were all in her room. We were just all in her room. I would say maybe a matter of five minutes, things changed. Her breathing was more labored, and it was just like we were looking at each other. Steve, um, in fact, he said, Mom, you're doing well with this. And he meant the transition. She had been looking up the ceiling. She looked at him. She said, am I? And it's just minutes before she transitioned. Steve shared um, scriptures. One of them was Psalm 23. We said it together. And then mom transitioned to heaven. And I, what I want you to know today is there's no fear in death when you're in Christ Jesus. My, um, I don't know, oh yeah, Sharon wrote later to me, she said, the memories we share, the three of us, seeing mom go to heaven will live in my heart forever. And so if any of you deal at all with a with fear of death or dying, Uh, first of all, make sure you know the Lord or, you know, just you're confident in that. But just um, ask the Holy Spirit to help you with that because that's not what he meant. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. That's another scripture. So thank you, Lord. And then we continue to experience his help all through the planning of the funeral. Again, the Holy Spirit led us. He led us. He led us in ways um, that were right and good. So, thank you, Lord.
1: We're going to ask you you. to do something with us. Um, um, We had what might be called our last supper with Joyce's mom on that day of the blizzard uh, that we mentioned earlier. It was the beginning of December there, when we came back, they had just brought Mom to the dining hall, and Joyce went and asked if we could have a room to ourselves, and the, the care center there, they were so helpful, they they found a room, and there was a table in there, and they brought our trays of food to us, and uh, we had, I think it was in October, the last time we had been there in October, uh, I had told Mom that next time we come, maybe we could have a communion together, because we have like a mobile communion thing that we bring to people here at the church, and I forgot it uh, when we went down there, and didn't have it, But and I wasn't even thinking about that, but we had this great meal together, we were talking with her, she was telling us how she had met Dad Rosa Bowman, those kind of things, and and uh and she was eating with us well one of the things that were was on the plate was a, a glass of grape juice and then there was a plate with just a piece of bread on it and i, d- I didn't think any thing of it still but i was just going to take my last sip of grape juice <laughs> it was like the Holy Spirit stopped me and says, What are you drinking that for? Have communion. Huh. And so I set it down and I looked at Mom and I said, Would you like to have communion together with us right now? She said, Yes, I would. And so we got to have communion there together with that Last Supper with her. And uh we're going to have communion today. And I got some specific instructions and we'll need to follow these closely. Um, And I know for a a few it might be a little bit hard to get over if, if you can't make it. Okay, we'll bring communion to you, but we're going to go over to the fellowship hall and we're going to sit around tables and in the booths wherever And we're going to have communion there together today. And uh, when we get over there, I'll read the scripture concerning this. And so, yeah, the elementary children will also be coming up. And someone can go tell them now that we're about ready to join us as families, right? So just as quickly as we can. If we can go over and just go in and sit at a table, the communion elements are already there. They're waiting for us. And uh, we'll see you over there for this communion time.